0: Hello there, you Napa Valleyophiles! you. On today's episode, we've got Gordon Lustig, a Napa Valley musical treasure. And you know, I'm not trying to be glib by saying that either. This guy's music and songwriting is prolific, it's sensitive, soulful, and at times it's humorous and subversive. I'm a big fan and was really thrilled to have him on to get his story. All the music you're going to hear on today's episode was performed and written by Gordon himself. Now, I do want to warn you, there's some added podcast content that did not air during the live show. Um, That comes at the end. And it may contain some material that could be construed as off color to any sensitive listeners. He performs an original song that is satirical, uh, mocking the superficiality of appearance in our modern media. Now, this song does contain one of the seven words that George Carlin warned us about. It's in the title and it's repeated throughout. So if you happen to be of delicate nature, you consider yourself warned and turn off the show before the extra content begins. I do hope you'll listen, though, as it's a great take on what's happening in our society. Before we get to it all, I want to let you know, as always, I've got something special for you. A thank you for being a listener. If you go to www.judshill.com, that's my family winery's website, find some wine, look and see what's available, put some in your cart. And at checkout, type in J-N-V-S, which stands for Judd's Napa Valley Show, J-N-V-S in lowercase letters, and you will get 15% off your entire wine order. That code is certainly good through at least the end of October 2013, and it may stay up for who knows how long. Type it in and see if you get the deal if it's after October. But give it a shot. Of course, I invite you to come visit us in person all of our visiting information is at juddshill.com. We're on the Silverado Trail just north of the town of Napa, and we would love to see you. I'd like to say hello, so come on in. Also, have a look at the wine club when you're on the website. We've got all sorts of fun going on, events, parties, special wines, meals. Wow. And you get a really good deal on the wine, even better than the code I just gave you. So check it out. Come see us. In the meantime, enjoy today's show. Everyone's a Fingle friend on Judd's Napa Valley Show. And now, live
1: from the 1440 KVON studio in the beautiful Napa Valley, it's Judd's Napa Valley Show. I'm Lauren Mole, and here's your host, Chad Bingelstein. Good
0: morning, Lauren. Top of the day, Judd. Top of the day. What's happening, sir? Well, I have some very exciting news to announce. You do? What is it? I've just gotten the part of Professor Marvel in the upcoming production of The Wizard of Oz in, in November over in Sonoma. You got it. I know you were gunning for that role, and you did you go in and audition? Uh, actually— or, or are you just on your merit alone? Uh, well, your I, reputation in town? Well, I did it with— Being the, the big star that you are. Well— Everyone knows Lauren Mole. Well, I did it with a bunch of other kids. Right, but, but what made them decide that you're the one to play—I mean, Professor Marvel— is, is the Wizard of Oz. Yes. And you're going to play that part. I am. And what did they see in you that said, this guy's the wizard? Oh. Did you dance? Did you sing? Oh, yeah. What did you do? Oh, We danced and sang. Oh, okay. <laughs> all of the above, huh? I guess all of the above. All right. Do you have a little sample? Do you want to tell us what you did to get that part? Or? uh Nah, not today. Nah. nah not okay. Today. So when it, when when is the show? You said November? Yes, November. All right. You're going to keep us up to date. Do you know the dates exactly right now? Uh, November 14th through the 17th at the Sonoma Veterans Auditorium. Okay. Fantastic. We will keep everyone apprised of that and how to get tickets and the times as we get a little closer. And we'll come see you, Lauren Mole, as Professor Marvel, a.k.a. The Wizard of Oz. That's right. Shall we begin today's show? Great idea. All right. Hit it, Gordon.
1: Get ready for another heapful of fascinating things to know from witty and intriguing people on Judge Napa Valley Show. No stale script and no rehearsing live from a Napa studio. You may be that intriguing person on Judge Napa Valley Show. On Judge Napa Valley Show. Judge Napa... Napa Valley, the Napa Valley show and now
0: live from the wait a minute fort- Lauren Lauren you did that part already oh
1: wait yeah you're right I did
0: <laughs> he just threw his announcement in the air yeah well that's what happens when you have the guy doing it live here in the studio you want to go right back into it don't you so that's true we are being joined here today live in studio by Mr Gordon Lustig yeah. Thank our musical nice
1: to be here
0: our musical director you hear his theme song at the top of every show and you know i kind of have this reputation around town gordon as being the ukulele playing vintner dude so when when my guests who are sitting where you're sitting now hear that they usually look at me like is that you is that you playing right, right. and i say no no that's not me that's gordon lustig and here you are today to perform for us live and be our guest throughout
1: well, the, even while I was playing it, I was thinking, is that
0: you? Is that you? <laughs> and I'm still
1: not sure if it is me.
0: Uh, but thank you for bringing the ukulele in. And uh, I hope we'll have some more opportunities to hear music. I know we are, because you brought a guitar. We're going to talk to you. Let's get into it. You know, you are a sort of a, a Napa a figure in the Napa music scene. And I feel very fortunate that you have... Um, I don't know, kind of dug the quirky, kicky stuff that I seem to get myself into, and and have been able to provide music for many of my projects. This show being one of them, and um, you know, I want to talk to you a little bit about how you got into music. You you've had quite a resume. I was looking over ever since you were a little kid, and you've been a professional musician your entire life, pretty much. I mean, you. I was
1: yes, my entire life. Yeah. Um, yes, my entire life I was a professional musician. <laughs> you're, you're contemplating <laughs> He's given that. given me all these really, these interesting radio cues. That, well, the, the first cue is speak into the microphone. Yeah, yeah, right. When I was on Terry Gross, she didn't do it. She didn't No, I've never choose? been on Terry Gross, actually. You ought to have been. Yeah. I, well, okay. So after this, I think that's where my, my next stop will be. All right. So, uh, yeah, well, I guess I've only done music. That's all I've ever really done. I wasn't getting paid when I was four or five.
0: But you were doing. I He's mean, getting you were paid
1: to stop. <laughs> the family took up a collection.
0: <laughs> yeah, get that kid to stop. Well, what what was it that got you into music? Was there an instrument around the house? What, did you have musical family? If you're already musical at the age of you know
1: three four, well, since my mom's five. listening, we well we had an extremely musical family. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, we were pretty musical. I mean, we actually sat around, stood around the piano. Yeah, and I have recordings to prove it. I guess I could have brought that uh, of of a of, uh, singing um, music from the Sound of Music. The yeah. whole family sitting standing around the music. My mom played the piano, and we would sing songs. Oh wow! Not every night. <laughs> well, <laughs>
0: okay, maybe not every night. But what a wonderful way to be introduced to music and something to do with the family. That... Plus,
1: my dad sang. Uh, his whole life, and as long as I ever you know knew him, uh, in glee clubs, mm-hmm. so he was always going to you know rehearsals for the men's chorus and the glee club and practicing his parts. So yeah,
0: and uh, what was it? What what did you start playing originally? Was there was there an instrument? Well, that... I
1: was asking for a, pian- uh, a piano, a guitar mm-hmm. f- when I was really little. I'd say about five. I think when the Glenn Campbell Good Time Hour came out. Yeah. And so, my mom had me take piano first from six to nine years old. Mm. Um, Said, "Well, you can get a foundation, good foundation with that." I wasn't thrilled about it, but I, I recommend it now to all my students to start on piano. Yeah, it's a great foundation. You are a guitar teacher as well, so yeah. So so I, so I, uh, and then when I was about ten and a half, I got a. They gave me a guitar. And uh,
0: yeah. And did you start uh, composing right away, or ha- were you learning well, tunes that you heard? I had a
1: book that I still have at home called Play the Guitar in 30 Minutes by Tony Matola. <laughs> yeah. And I went in my room and just started learning.
0: And 30 uh, minutes later.
1: Well, yeah, I'm self-taught. Uh-huh. Um, and that book was great. Yeah, it was really natural for me. It's the only thing I was really able to do without you know, it came natural. I wasn't very good at sports and stuff.
0: Well, you know, everyone's got their niche. And I've heard you say about guitar that to you, it's like breathing. If you want to play a song on a guitar, you just pick up a guitar and it comes out, you know, the music comes out of that guitar as natural to you as if you're just breathing in and out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I <laughs> I guess. Have I actually said that to you? You did.
0: <laughs> you, you, I think somebody was trying to, you know, put one over on you and you had your guitar out and said something like, you know, the theme from Star Trek. And, you know, you hadn't rehearsed that or anything. And you said, which one? You know, the 1960s or the next generation? Yeah, right, and, right. And you just did it.
1: Yeah, well, it is. It didn't start off that way. But from the moment I started playing songs in that book, play, play the guitar in 30 minutes. Um, here, I, I can I give you an example?
0: Yeah, you've got to like, you pick up the guitar. Sure. You've got to still have the ukulele in your hand. All right, this is Gordon Lustig giving well, us an example we'll of what he learned in 30 minutes.
1: Well, so like it would have, um, let's see. Take, like, I'm Daisy, Daisy, right? Give me your answer, dude. I'm half crazy. Now, when it did this kind of thing, all for the love, that just struck me. Like, I heard that it, it there was something different about it that it wanted it to go... Oh, for the love of you. And I'm just fascinated by it had to resolve. It so had far. to resolve. And so I it all, it, it just reeled me in those the sound of those chords. And it had the little diagrams and it was just a book of songs. You know, it wasn't one of these complicated books that explained everything. It was just it showed you the chords. And uh, yeah. And so I was always fascinated by the chords and always trying to play by ear from a really early Early age, even though I was sometimes uh, uh, asked not to by teachers, <laughs> I'd have occasionally. You know, like just, were you really? <laughs> yeah, just do what I say. You know, you're gonna m- mess up your playing or something like that. Uh,
0: yeah. So, yeah. well, obviously, your brain is wired a certain way to understand music, or not wired. S- <laughs> well, I don't know. You know maybe that, <laughs> maybe that is the case. Maybe that's uh, many people's problems. You know, their brains are too wired, and they need to disconnect a few of those synapses.
1: Yeah, could be. (laughs) (laughs) I guess you need responses to your uh, things, yes.
0: I like a conversation, you know, on the radio is good. Um, But I've always admired your sense of humor, too, so thank you for...
1: Yeah, when it shows up, I will uh, try to use it.
0: (laughs) All right, Gordon. So I'm curious how you chose this as a path. Obviously, you love music. You're a natural at it. But what got you on the path to... You know, making this your life your career well not your...
1: to not to uh, sound glib if that's the right word well, I both. feel like it, it you know it chose me in a yeah. way you know it wasn't something I s- I spent ever debated I think I'm gonna be a musician there was just no a uh, question that's what that's what I was able to do and no one was going to stop me I and mean, once I started playing guitar uh my grades started failing going down and oh, every- really? yeah I was playing I Brought my guitar everywhere. I played on BART trains. I played in my biology class. The teacher even asked me, "Hey, why don't you play your guitar?"
0: In, um, at, like in high school, you're talking about or? that was
1: in high school. But okay, I'll tell you exactly when I realized I had I had a special talent. Okay. Okay. In
0: seventh grade, the moment Gordon realized he
1: was special. No
0: music. A Judd's oh. Napa Valley show <laughs> exclusive.
1: So, in seventh grade. Uh, I guess that's the beginning of uh, junior high right now it's middle school, but okay, seventh grade i had there was a band director named Linda Patrick, and uh, they were playing uh they had uh, did I say anything yet or am I just um I'm just uh, not making any sense let me let me start that again. Miss Patrick gave me a record and asked me if I could figure out a couple songs from it. so I was about eleven years old and It was a John Denver record. It was John Denver's Greatest Hits. Mm. She sent me home with the record, and I'd never heard John Denver or didn't really know who he was, you know. even though they might have played him on the radio. And so she sent me home with this record, and I just loved it. And I wrote out the chords to the two or three songs that she wanted me to do, and then I continued to do the rest of the album. And I handed her all the pages to the entire... Greatest Hits record with all the chords. You just kept going. I just kept going. I didn't. I don't think I'd ever done that before. So she asked me to do it. So I did it. And uh, she ended up saying, "Why don't you just keep the record?" <laughs> <laughs> it's doing you a lot more good than it's doing me. Yeah. Huh? And uh, so that was that was when I really realized that I could I could just do that.
0: Wow! At eleven years old, you were writing charts. Yeah. And then did you start? seeking gigs i mean how old were you when you started doing gigs when
1: i was about i guess when i was about 12 i've been playing for about a year and a half (laughs) uh friends adults mostly friends of my parents and stuff asked me if i would give them lessons
0: at 12 years old yeah what were you doing that impressed them were you playing songs that were popular at the time were you already writing tunes
1: i was starting to write songs i think it was uh, probably playing, uh, I was kind of the cantor, the song leader at the local synagogue oh, Okay. when I was 12. Wait a minute, when you were 12? Yeah, I was a music director, I guess. At the, my, at the synagogue. Well, actually, my mother was music director, I have oh, to say okay. that or yeah, otherwise i get in trouble. Don't usurp your mom. Right, uh, yeah, so I was, on a pretty regular basis, I would show up at the synagogue, and mm-hmm. I'd meet in the rabbi's office, <laughs> Yeah. and he'd say, um... I've got a new song I want to do tonight. It goes, uh, whatever it is, and I would figure it out. Well, as we're walking over to the sanctuary to do the service, I would learn the song that he's doing, and we would do it five minutes or two minutes later. Wow, man. And so, yeah, it's a combination of of me having that ability or a natural gift for hearing stuff and figuring out how to play it, and people giving me that opportunity to do it a lot.
0: And you have had many opportunities. I mean, you've, you've had quite a career. I was looking over your bio that you sent over. From 12 years old, being, I get, yeah, we can't say music director, because your mom's probably listening, and she was the music director. And what, wait, what does your mom play? I know she's musical, but what is her main instrument? Well, is piano. It, it's piano. She's a piano oh, okay. player.
1: Very good piano player.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. good. So do you duets with her still?
1: We we're still trying to get that together. We come from different training. Ah, work out and act. <laughs> so she's got she she's a reads and is classically trained, uh-huh. and I come from the pop mentality. And it, so we do play we do play together sometimes though.
0: Okay, I'm glad to hear that. That's nice to be able to do with your folks. Okay, so from 12 years old, uh, doing song leading there. Then then where did it go? What's your well, trajectory?
1: Well, um. I I remember doing being really MD music director for a, an entire show that we did at school in probably 7th or 8th grade also it was mm-hmm. for the big Christmas uh uh story. Yeah. But it was all in Spanish cuz I went I was in a bilingual program. Wow, multicultural v- from then. synagogue
0: so, song leader to the Spanish Christmas the music director. Yeah,
1: so I'd be leading songs, you know, Deco Lotus, and I, you know, I'd find keys that they could play it in, and I was playing on the first guitar that I had for five years. It was really a toy. I still have that too. Oh, you do. I tried to paint it red, white, and blue like Buck Owens, <laughs> with with the paints that you get those little tiny tin. Things of paint, yeah, or painting in coloring books or painting books, or oh rather. wow, the singing cowboy, and uh yeah, so i and then I was asked to play at weddings at fourteen fifteen, I played at people's weddings, and uh I actually was was in Oliver the show, this is kind of unrelated, but it 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 really was one one of the most influential uh musical things that ever happened to me mm. when I was uh eleven years old. Uh, I was in the production of Oliver, the musical mm-hmm. at Woodminster in Oakland. They're still doing three summer shows a year. Oh. We used to always go to those. And I, I st- st- asked my dad if they ever do Oliver, <clears throat> excuse me, could I be in it? He said, sure. And it came, and I auditioned and got to be one of the boys in that. And there was a full orchestra, and that changed my life
0: what aspect of it your your performance or the fact that there was an orchestra and you could because I know you also score full orchestras as right. well so was that was that well, the Well
1: being in the show was fun but I I'm really not a I I think at my preference even though I I like to perform and be funny be trying to be a different character is not for me. Mm. I I don't like to try to pretend I'm somebody else. It's not good. But we had a rehearsal pianist who was amazing for all the rehearsals, for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then for about the final dress rehearsal, we had you know, about a 40-piece orchestra. And the moment they played, I remember hearing... You know, with the piano player, he's going, um, f- Food, glorious, food. And he's doing that kind of boom chicky thing. You know, food, glorious, food. Well, once the orchestra came in, it was like this. They'd go, food glorious, food. in the Glockens people would go, dig-dig-dig-dig-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. All the little frilly things that the orchestras do. Yeah, those arrangements. Yeah, the arrangements. And I was just, I just was like in heaven. You said, that's for me. That's for me. And I didn't know what what was for me, but something... About that, I heard all the distinct parts. So mm. that ties right into what I do now: is when I hear a band or an orchestra, I can tune into what's what's the cello doing or what's the right. Yeah.
0: Well, was that realization what brought you to you know Los Angeles, Hollywood, to study music and to study uh, musical scoring for film and television? Definitely,
1: because I was uh, I was arranging songs pretty early on. By the time I was in ninth grade, I was. Uh, starting to arrange things for other groups. I didn't really know what I was doing, but I had a book that I got from the library on orchestration or arranging by Don Sebesky, and you, they actually had sound samples on a little plastic record, yeah. and they'd say, here's what it sounds like when you put a strings uh, with a French horns doubling. Here's what happens when you play, you know, different instruments together. And so I really enjoyed uh I learned a lot from, from that, just listening. So, yeah, I was fascinated by arranging and orchestration. And that led me to a, a school that where I studied that. Well, that's very
0: cool. And that was down in Los Angeles, the Dick Grove School.
1: Yeah. Which is, I mean, renowned music school. At the time yeah I you know I thought it was like Al Smith's Dental school, you know, hi, I'm Al. right. come in, I'll teach you how to be a dentist. no license necessary. So I went to Cal State Northridge first before I discovered Dick Grove, but it yeah, changed my life. well, that I mean, gave you also
0: access to all these very um you know famous musicians, composers, arrangers, sure, and led to some TV work. I mean, I know you've done several network. Television shows, arrangements, composing. Do you want to play it? You want to play a track from one of the, uh, like a theme song you wrote for an actual TV show that was on? Sure. How about, How
1: about that? I'll play you what I wrote on the guitar. Okay. A, a little bit. Give you a sample. Yeah. And, and the, then I'll play you what we ended up doing, okay? That would be if, if the. Is that the worked. chicken soup? Yeah, we could try chicken soup. Now, the disappointment on chicken soup. Now, this was a show that this aired um, in the 90s, right? Uh, chicken Soup was 89.
0: Oh, it was 80, okay, it was close. And that yeah. had Jackie Mason, if I recall. Lynn Redgrave. Lynn Redgrave. Right. Sitcom.
1: Yeah. I okay. mean, it's a sitcom just by the nature of the premise. Jackie Mason married to Lynn Redgrave. It has to be a sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and you were hired as the musical director? Uh, yeah, I was actually, I submitted a, the, uh, submitted a, th- a demo for this. So okay. I did, wasn't hired outright. They wanted me to submit a theme. Alright. I got an opportunity to do that. And they said anyway, they didn't really give me a whole lot, but I figured it's um I went for kind of a Jewish Broadway sound. Alright. So Jackie Mason. I just wrote it on the guitar. and here's what I came up with to There's that little Broadway thing, right? Ba, 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 da, ba, ba. Yeah. And then it went to major. So that was that was the theme, and I, I did a little synthesized version and brought it in, and they uh, ended up using that. And I was hoping for a real orchestra. And the other shows prior to that, I had a, a real orchestra. But they wouldn't spring for it on this one. Oh no. So it was the cutting edge synth synthesizer stuff
0: and this track you brought is this the theme that actually aired
1: this is the one that aired should we give it a listen yeah sure number two so from what you just heard
0: to i believe we got number two uh queued up from what you just heard uh to this That was the theme song to the—Gordon's trying to remember. Maybe it was on ABC, the the sitcom Chicken Soup, the theme song that you wrote for that. Yeah,
1: I think it was ABC. (laughs) Okay. It was one of those three-letter combinations.
0: Oh, well, that that certainly narrows it down. Gordon Lustig is my guest today here on Judd's Napa Valley Show. We're talking about his experience in the world of music. We're going to come back after the break and talk about what's going on for you here in Napa. You are a grand member of our local community, and we will uh, talk to Gordon Lustig a bit more
1: right after this.
0: Out of the shadows and into the studio, today we welcome our very own musical director, Gordon Lustig, to Judd's Napa Valley Show. That's right, we have Gordon Lustig. You heard him performing our theme song at the opening of the show, and right now, before I even get back to him, uh, I would like to play another theme song that he wrote. For little old me, this is a, for a web series that we did for our Judd's Hill Winery called Judd's Enormous Wine Show. Really fun little vignettes um, there that can be seen at Judshill.com. And, Gordon, should we play the theme
1: song? Yeah, yeah, give it a shot. All right, here we go. He's an interesting sort of chap A rather curious chance If you wonder where talent has gone Bye Judd, this is where it went. You'll more than entertain you like no one else on Earth. It won't cost you one red dime, so be sure to get your money's worth. Eccentric. Fun. i go Get on board for judge Enormous. Wine show. Judd's Enormous Wine Show.
0: And there you have it, Judd's Enormous Wine Show. Check out the videos at juddshill.com or go to YouTube and put in Judd's Enormous Wine Show. The theme song written by our guest today, Mr. Gordon Lustig, the mad genius of guitar and music and everything fantastic, fun and musical, Gordon Lustig.
1: Thank you, Judd. It's great to be here. (laughs)
0: You're welcome. And just listening to that theme song again, you know, I I have always loved it. And, And I was just listening to what you were saying about arranging, and there's so many little parts in that theme song that you put in. It, it, it kind of opened up my ears a little more hearing you talk about how you are an arranger and how you're inspired by these orchestral arrangements. Yeah.
1: Oh, is that my... Now do I talk?
0: Now you talk. <laughs> this is the, the talk show part ah, of the show. The we've show. we've done the listening to the music part, and this is where you say, yes, I approached it thinking about this and that and was inspired by... Well,
1: I'm trying to think about the, the people that did inspire me um, listening... I did really like – uh I mean, Danny Elfman was kind of later, but I like all the colors and all the funny things. Like if you think about the Simpsons theme and all the mm-hmm. little – Yeah. You know, lots of different color splashes going on. And I, so I I like that. But I'm trying to think about who earlier – well, when I mentioned being in Oliver at 11, yeah. right, there's that, that – those orchestra bells, that Glockenspiel going, you know, food glorious, food, wah wah <laughs> so the fills, what happens in between the melody lines is is what's cool. And so yeah, uh, And
0: there are some of those cool splashes in that Judd's enormous wine show theme song.
1: Yes, there are. And a lot of those little similar Simpson Simpson kind of uh, right, runs and stuff. And
0: throughout the shows, too, because you did a bunch of what we call in the business tags, musical tags. Do we yeah. call it, do we call it that? Uh, yeah, tags, tags. Sure. okay, good. You're it. <laughs> so yeah, in the show, there's some really great fun musical tags as well. Now uh, we talked a little bit about you. We were in Hollywood, you were doing television shows. You've done, of course, for me, you know, my web series, which I'm so grateful that you've done. You you also very involved in the community. In fact, in today's Napa Valley Register, Go out and get a copy if you don't get one uh, delivered to your home, folks. Front page says, String Theory. There's a picture of a kid playing a ukulele. And this is something that we talked about on this very show a couple weeks ago, helping them get some funds to buy ukuleles for Harvest Middle School, a new music program where all the kids are going to cycle in and learn to play ukulele, help with their creativity, their self-confidence, their sociability. Great program. They met their fundraising goal. They've got the ukuleles. I'm reading the article, and it says, on day one, they learned how to play a chord. And a little bit about the instrument from who? Gordon Lustig. I wasn't even aware that you were involved in that.
1: Yeah. They they came in the other day uh, from the register, and I, I... Forgot that it was going to be in here, so I haven't seen the paper yet. But you have a copy here, so I was looking at it.
0: Take your uh, time; you can read the article. I'll, I'll yeah, talk to Lauren on, for a yeah, while. Yeah, hold
1: on. Uh, no, so Laura, Laura Lewis, yeah. who I've I've known probably for like eight eight or nine years or something. We knew each other through the Suzuki violin program. Right, she's a
0: violinist as well as a teacher. Right, at the and middle her school. kids
1: were were, were taking uh, Suzuki violin, and so our and my kids were, and so we we've. Talked a lot. And so when she had this opportunity to do this class, she asked if I would be uh, available and interested in helping out. And I said, uh, Yeah, sure. So I'm doing whatever I can.
0: Well, well, how are the kids? How do they receive it? Um, I don't mean literally, as far as taking them out of a box. You know me. They show a a picture (laughs) of the kids receiving the ukuleles, but what was their reaction when they had it in their hands? They had the, the ukes in their hands, and you were showing them how to play chords. I would imagine they're. It was exciting, was
1: it? It was. It took it took a long time just to, to get the things tuned. Mm. As you well know, ukulele, especially when they're new or they have new strings, they don't stay in tune. You have to really stretch the strings out. So uh, Laura had gotten 32 ukuleles and about 10 snark tuners, and so they were learning how to tune the instrument. Uh-huh. And uh, so that took most of the, of the time. But they were... They were very excited, and especially there was a lot of momentum, a lot of build-up to it, raising the money. And I think it made it very special because they were part of that process of raising the money. It wasn't like they were just handed these ukuleles.
0: Right. No, They were
1: active in getting folks
0: to go to their web page. And I'll give it a plug. I don't know if they're still raising funds, but there's still the stories up, at least this morning. It was still there. If you Google UKE, U-K-E can make a difference... Google that. it was the first thing that came up was the uh, program there at Harvest Middle School. And of course, today's Napa Valley Register talks about it as well. And that's very cool that you uh, you know went in and donated your time to help the kids out. You're very community minded. I see you at a lot of functions, uh, donating your time as a musician, getting other musicians to help out and at the you know charitable benefits of thank you.
1: Yeah, no, I thank I, you very much. I love I love to do it.
0: And you're a teacher, I mean folks can come to you. And learn to play guitar, ukulele. Do you teach uh, arranging as well and all that good stuff?
1: The I, Gordon loved, School of Music. I love to do that. Uh, if, if, yeah, if I had an opportunity to do more uh, arranging, teaching arranging, I teach, even though I, I teach guitar, that's my instrument, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say, I don't consider myself to stay a guitar teacher, especially with the Internet. And there's so much availability of... Uh, of lessons and learning how to, where to put your fingers and how to play stuff uh, that I teach how to hear. I always tell my students, it's not great from a, bi- a financial point of view, but uh, at the beginning I tell the parents of my students or the, <laughs> the adult students that my goal is to get rid of you <laughs> as soon as possible but so that you don't need a teacher so that you can just teach yourself listen to a song and play it like i like i learned it's kind of the teach teach them the fish analogy right
0: right and you'll be able to sing for a day but if you've learned to hear you can strum your whole life
1: yeah and if you give them a fish and teach them to hear i'm sure that there's great opportunities <laughs> to go fish <laughs> yeah.
0: well i i'll read your quote from your own bio here oh, which uh-oh. i think is you okay. know very appropriate for what you're just talking about this is you quoting yourself, I guess, on your bio. It says, though guitar is the instrument I teach, I actually see the guitar as simply a tool for teaching students how to listen, hear, and understand music so that they can create it, converse
1: in it, and appreciate it at a much deeper level. Yes. I couldn't have said that better. My... Oh, wait, I did.
0: You said it. it. You <laughs> did say it yourself. And I keep threatening to come in and take some lessons from you. You know, I've known you a long time. I'm, I'm desperate to get better. On my ukulele or even guitar, I'm you know I'm a very I don't know mediocre guitar player, Um, but I would love to be able to to be able to hear and to to follow along and hear a tune and just be able to play or play along with people I come upon.
1: Yeah, well, I'll just come anytime. Come on over. But if anybody else in the community
0: wants to take a lesson from you, what's a good way to get in touch?
1: Um, Let's see. You could go. I do have a website. Oh, It doesn't do much, but it does have my information (laughs) there. Okay, well, let's give it then. (laughs) GordonLustig.com
0: G-O-R-D-O-N-L-U-S-T-I-G Correct.
1: GordonLustig.com That's right. And I'm actually working, there's there's a lot of people, I have a lot of adults, um, over 50, I'll just say that. Um, Some of them closer to 80, uh, who are playing the ukulele. For the first time, um, playing music, period. For the first time, who people who have said, "Now I they they I have no musical ability." I you know people have told me I have no talent, but I've always wanted to play. And these people, I, like I explained about my life-changing experiences, the, it's changing their lives. They they can't believe that they're making beautiful music and playing ukulele, and it's becoming. A serious passion. They're spending a lot of time practicing and going to groups. Uh, the flea jumpers, which you started, I believe, here in uh, the
0: Wine the, Country flea jumpers, the yeah. ukulele strumming club. Yeah, years and, ago. Uh,
1: I do a a little class um, once a month, like a master class. I meet with a group of adults, and it's it's wonderful. So it's it really is never too late to to start. Ukulele is a wonderful. Uh, An accessible instrument It it doesn't take long to learn Literally in a couple weeks You could be playing songs
0: Well it's certainly That's what attracted uh, me to ukulele Is the first time I picked one up I think I'd always been a frustrated Jazz guitar player I just loved the sound of jazz guitar I wanted my fingers to make these crazy Formations so I could play These awesome sounding chords And it just wasn't happening I guess I hadn't studied with you But I got a ukulele And wow, from day one, you know, with one finger, I was playing jazzy chords, mm-hmm. and I couldn't put it down. Yeah. It opened up a whole new aspect of life, which I think is very precious, and I'm so happy to hear you're offering that to folks as well.
1: It's new to me also. I did I did play uh, ukulele. I was in Godspell, I think, my senior year in high school. Oh, yeah. Um, and... I played the ukulele on that song. Uh, oh, all right, now I have the guitar. But uh, s- here, I'll pick up the ukulele. Hey, go ahead. I'll see if I remember. Now, I, di- I didn't have a ukulele at the time, uh, but a friend down the street who was also in the show, mm-hmm. she had a ukulele, and she loaned it to me, and I learned to play it for this show, which... As you know, it's like the first four strings of the guitar, so it wasn't cool. that So we did, um, Some men are born to live at ease, doing what they please, richer than the bees are in honey, never growing old, never growing old. That's all I remember, but it's the fast song from, from, from Godspell, and I played ukulele, and that was fun, but I always had this idea that a ukulele was just kind of a, a novelty item, a toy, mm-hmm. and I had never played a, a really nice ukulele. Actually, Judd, yeah, Yours was the first time I played a really nice professional ukulele. Oh, the uh and that was the just, KoAloha concert uke. Yeah. 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 Cuz I have a a Martin ukulele at home, but it, it it just didn't play in tune and it was it also felt like a little toy. Oh, no kidding. And uh when I played your ukulele, I went, "Wow, wow, this is amazing." And so it was it's only been in the last few years, I'd say. I bought this ukulele, my first real ukulele, about yeah, three, three or four years one. ago. And uh, it, it has changed me as a musician, too, because right? the limitation of just playing four strings, you have to, tr- uh, you know, I'm thinking, okay, I'm an arranger. How can I make four strings sound like six strings? Mm. How can I make four strings sound like an orchestra? So, it uh, necessity is the mother of invention. Is that it? I think so. Yeah. And so. It has changed the way I play guitar, too. It has broadened my playing.
0: That's, that, that, I'm glad to hear that. I mean, I'm, I'm a great proponent of folks learning ukuleles. I'm so happy that this program at Harvest Middle School was successful, and thank you for being a part of that as well.
1: Yeah, I will continue to be working with those kids and with Laura. Yeah.
0: Good. I want to get in there and do a little strumming for them as well. That'd be great. You know, I'm curious. You mentioned at the very beginning that a John Denver album was something you were handed at 11 years old, and you went and wrote out the charts for the whole album. Mm-hmm. And now you're very involved in the music of John Denver.
1: Yeah, it is funny.
0: How <laughs> this is a, something that's taking you all over the country, if not beyond.
1: Yeah. What, can you give us a little story about that? Well, okay, so I was, I was really into John Denver. I mean, I dressed up as John Denver for senior... Day in high school. This is when <laughs> this is when guys were driving those those cars, those low rider cars. Yeah. And people were listening to uh Earth, Wind and Fire and uh Tower Power. Right, getting down. You know, and and I'm listening to John Denver. <laughs> um the fact that I didn't get beat up on a regular basis is still a miracle. But there would always be one Kid at school would come and say, "Hey, his fingers, his fingers. You know, don't, don't break, don't mess up his fingers." So, oh, if there was a threat of getting beaten up. Well, I went to a pretty, uh, pretty intense, a uh, dangerous kind of high school. Oh, really? Yeah, there was a lot of, a lot of crime, a lot of games. Where was this? L- I
0: mean, this wasn't in Napa. Union no. City, Union oh, City. Okay.
1: James Logan, which has c- since completely turned around, they're an award-winning mm-hmm. high school, but at the time it was, it was a tough neighborhood mm-hmm. and a tough school. And uh,
0: and you were digging John Denver.
1: Yeah. Yeah, from the seventh Open grade line. on. From seventh grade on, right. I was listening almost exclusively <laughs> to John Denver. But I was playing the, in addition to really liking him, and I, I still do his early stuff, uh, I would figure out what the oboes were doing in the the orchestra parts. And those mm-hmm. those arrangements were done by a man named Lee Holdridge, who did the music to uh, some films, and he did Neil Diamond's uh, Jonathan Livingston Siegel, and his, was the arranger for many pop artists, from Gordon Lightfoot and you know, Peter Polymeri and uh, just tons of well-known artists in the s- s- 70s, mainly. Yeah. And so, I, so to get to the, the point of the John Denver thing, about 15 years ago, I was at the Claremont Folk Festival, and it was a John Denver memorial. It was like the f- one year. It must have been longer than that ago. But with the one-year anniversary of John's death. And uh, they had people sing a John Denver song. Mm. So I, I went. I thought, okay, nobody's going to know John Denver songs better than I do. <laughs> You're the man. And so I played a, a song. And then this other guy picked a song to do. And he sounded just like John Denver. Uh, I mean, just like him. It sounded like it was him standing in the room. We hooked up, I and I ended up recording a demo tape for him. And he went on. He is now probably the leading John Denver tribute uh, concert singer in the country.
0: He has a show that tours.
1: Yeah, he, has a, he has a small band. And then he also he called Lee Holdridge, John Denver's all, arranger, mm-hmm. who's still working today, and said, "What do you think of the idea? You know, my name's Jim Curry, and I do these John Denver shows. And I, I, what do you think of the idea of doing symphony shows, John Denver symphony shows, with your arrangements?" This guy had never heard of Jim Curry, but Jim is such a, a nice and respected guy that, um, and a shrewd businessman. So they they ended up doing this. They ended up uh, going, uh, getting all the arrangements done. And, uh, oh, it's getting busy around this studio. Boy, a lot of things happening. So um, they ended up uh, making the arrangements. I actually was part of that, and we transcribed all of the original handwritten arrangements uh, of John Denver that Lee Holdridge did uh, into the computer, because they had been thrown away. Somehow, believe it or not, all of the orchestrations and arrangements for all the John Denver records um, had been destroyed. That's kind of hard to believe. And all that was remaining was... Lee Holdridge's original handwritten scores. So you? So I was one of a few transcribers, and I took about five of the songs and his little fly-spec writing, and I transcribed it into a music notation program in the computer and digitized them, basically. And then Jim started traveling around the country and playing, singing John Denver songs with full symphony orchestra and the original uh, John Denver orchestral arrangements with Lee Holdridge often conducting. Wow. And I actually had the opportunity to write one arrangement for a medley of John Denver songs for the symphony orchestra, and they're playing my arrangement. That's uh, pretty cool. And
0: you've gotten to travel with this as well.
1: Yeah, occasionally I got to play with Jim. Um, On these symphony shows, I did the regular small band things, too, but Mm -hmm. the the symphony shows, yeah, I played uh, guitar, mandolin, banjo, and sang background vocals. Wow.
0: That's pretty cool, Sitting in
1: front of an 80-piece symphony orchestra. Living your childhood dream. That was my childhood. Like, almost becoming John Denver. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, I preferred doing what I was doing, being (laughs) the backup guy, you know, because I got to do all those fills and all those cool little things that the backup musicians get to do. I am not John Denver. I am I am not John Denver. No. right. I realized that. Me then. neither. You're not either.
0: Um, well, Gordon has a pretty famous song um, called "I Am Not James Taylor," which <laughs> I put a link on uh, the Facebook today, and uh, hopefully some folks are. Oh, you got your guitar. Are you gonna play it?
1: You want me to play it? Oh, sure. Yeah, let's I do it. Was being, I was just being prepared in case you turn and say, and "Now Gordon's gonna play," but I don't. No, we know. can do it. Let's, yeah, play it. We've introduced it, and
0: then what we're going to do, because there's some, a few other things I want to talk to you about. If you can stick around for a few minutes, we will keep talking, even after this show is off the air, but we will record it and put it on the podcast version. All of these shows end up in the iTunes store. You can subscribe to Judd's Napa Valley Show as a podcast. Listen to it on your computer, your phone, whatever. So let's play this tune, and then whatever else we want to talk about, we'll just do for the podcast. Okay. All right are you ready to go? Yeah I think so I I, I know the song. Oh you were looking for your chart. I was look I don't need the chart.
1: All right I don't need no stinking chart Yeah. Okay so let's see <laughs> I am not James Taylor. Now I am not James Taylor nor am I a Taylor's son. No hit songs have I written No Grammys have I won i wasn't raised in massachusetts or the carolinas yes i am not james taylor never will be never was i've never been on heroin i've never gone insane i may have walked a country road but i ain't seen fire and rain. Just because I play guitar And sing a little like he does It don't mean I'm James Taylor Never will be, never was I have this old recurring dream I'm lying in my bed There's a young blonde beauty Planting kisses on my head The sun comes up She sees my face, screams and shoots me dead I don't like this dream Cause I am not James Taylor Take a look and you will see And I don't sound much like him He just sounds a lot like me There is one of us in every town How many I'm not sure i am not james taylor and we are not james taylor never will be never were
0: That is a YouTube sensation. I think you've got like, thousands and thousands of hits on that. It's yeah, a cute video.
1: Yeah, it was fun. We, sh- we just shot that in a few hours right here in Napa. Right here in Napa. Yeah. What I like about it is it starts out, it
0: looks like, sh- is, maybe this is a spoiler. Should I not give it away?
1: No, go ahead.
0: Oh, it just looks like you're sitting in your living room, like you, you kind of walk from behind the camera, like you just turned it on, and then you sit down and start playing, but then it becomes obvious it's a little more sophisticated yeah. video than... Yeah than that You kind of fake out the audience Right,
1: right Yeah, well, I, that was my, my friend who's a professional video guy and, Ah,
0: they'll do that, those pros Yeah,
1: and so, yeah Actually, when I turn it off Here's a spoiler uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm not turning off anything uh, He just says, just walk f- toward the camera And then just go off out of frame And he'll turn it off Well, it, and make oh. it look like I'm going to hit the key to turn off the computer It's all an illusion My goodness well, it's, it's
0: divine. It's a great video. It's a great song. It's on YouTube. It is on YouTube. If you type in Gordon Lustig or I am not James Taylor, you can see that uh, performance. It's, it's, it's something else. You know, there's so much more to talk about. So we are, you've got a few minutes, right? Yeah. Because this live broadcast is going to end in about one minute. Wow. But then stick around. We're going to talk a little more, play some more music. And by the way, we're going to maybe do a tune that is inappropriate for the radio. It's a great song you've written. has some questionable language in it, but that will be on the podcast, so make sure you check out the iTunes store for Judd's Napa Valley show. Uh, Coming up October the 28th, it's a Monday, we're going to have the debut gala of our uh, Judd's Hill uh, web series, Wine Booty, of which you are also the musical director have written the theme song, and I'll have many more details. I hope you'll be joining us for that. This just got confirmed, so I'm telling you at the same time I'm telling everybody. So we'll have details of how to get in on that. Lots of fun. Go to WineBooty.com. You can hear Gordon's theme song for our Pirate Wine Show. Lauren Mole, much luck in Wizard of Oz. We're going to have an update on that. Is that right? Yes. In upcoming weeks. And as always, very happy to have you join us here on Judd's Napa Valley Show. And we'll get right to that extra podcast content that I warned you about right after a bit more from Gordon and his guitar. Well, Gordon. Here we are alone, Judd. I know. It's kind of creepy. Lauren has gone. The building is empty. Should we talk about tits? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I mean, that's what we usually talk about when everybody leaves, isn't it? (laughs) That's right. Well, I do love that song. It's not something we can play on the air. Right. But in podcast
1: form... Now, if I was... Uh, Not to get too serious. I was just having a discussion with my mom about this. Uh, (laughs) If if we were to discuss uh, shooting, if I were to sing a song about a guy who shoots a woman in the head, that would probably be okay, right? On the air.
0: You know, I think censors are less worried about that than they are with breasts.
1: Right. And that's, yeah. Which is... It's weird. Yeah, it is. It is weird. But
0: let's sing about breasts.
1: Okay. Yeah, Big Breasts. I don't think it would have been the same. Do you want
0: to preface this tune with anything? Like maybe the what led you to write a song about?
1: Well, it's, it is an important subject I hold close to my uh, heart. <laughs> <laughs> and Okay, uh, I will tell you that uh, when I was in Los Angeles staying at a friend's house who I was producing his, some music for him, and we have not had TV in my family, my house For 12, no, probably 14 years now, 14 or something years, Uh, we we have a TV. We rent movies, but we don't have any kind of cable or any antenna. So I have not been uh, uh, exposed, or my kids haven't been exposed to all the thousands and thousands of hours of commercials. Mm -hmm. And do you know what's killing you in your—I need Lauren for this. Do you know what's killing you in your refrigerator and all that stuff, all the fear stuff. And so I haven't really seen TV too. Even like the news, I hadn't seen it for a long time, and it just looked very different. It, the high definition and just... So I was at, at my friend's house one morning, and every, they were gone, and I, the TV was on. People just leave their TVs on, yeah, even when no one's around to keep the house company. <laughs> yeah, right. And uh, the news was on, and the the women anchor ladies looked more, way more fake than I had ever recalled. <laughs> That, you know just the plastic surgery and so on the plane ride home i i just thought of writing that that i just thought about writing a song about that about all the plastic surgery and all the fa- how fake people are in showbiz these days let's hear it man and i wrote i wrote the basic outline on the plane on the way home okay it goes like this set since 1985 but i caught a glimpse the other day and mercy sakes alive beauty has been redefined women have been redesigned titillation comes to mind and the message loud and clear you gotta have boobs you gotta have lips chiseled nose and a delicate chin modified eyes cheekbones high not a line your skin you gotta have teeth blinding wide and a smile that never quits get a little nip get a little tuck get a pair of nice big tits you see them on the boob tube and in every magazine every bus and billboard from perth to abilene Big tits, you be wine and dine. Big tits, how your floor will shine. Hurry, don't get left behind. Big, big tits, you gotta have boobs, you gotta have lips, chiseled nose, and a delicate chin. Modified eyes, cheekbones high. Not a line upon your skin. You gotta have teeth, a blinding white, and a smile that never quits. Get a little nib, get a little tuck, get a pair of nice big tits. Just four ladies, by the way Anyone can join the fray Fix that hairline, lose that gray Become the real you Self-esteem goes off the charts When you enhance your private parts you Win the minds and lift the hearts Of the well-to-do Oh, you gotta have boobs, you gotta have lips Chiseled nose and a delicate chin Modified eyes, cheekbones hide Not a line upon your skin gotta have teeth blinding wide and a smile that never quits Get a little nip, get a little tuck, get a pair of nice big tits Oh you gotta have boobs, you gotta have lips, chiseled nose and a delicate chin Tummy tight, but just right, look younger than you've ever been If the world has got you down and your life is just the pits Get a little nip, a tuck, life won't suck when you get a pair of nice, big. It's a gift you won't regret, and you'll love yourself to bits. Get a little nip, a tuck, and just for luck, a pair of nice, big.
0: Right on. What a great song. Thanks. Thanks. Parodying the
1: superficial nature of our media perhaps society. Yeah, and you know what happens whenever I've played that? Yeah. I mean, I don't go out of my way to play it for, like, groups of ladies or young, you know, <laughs> young women, but I've been places where other people who've heard the song, um, usually older people, will yeah. say... Oh, you've got to play it for my friends, you know. They, <laughs> like I, pl- I was at uh, Piccolino's playing one night, and these friends ha- said, "You've got to play it for this ladies. There, she's engaged to be married. She's, you know." So it was like a bunch of the bridesmaids and stuff mm-hmm. out for their like bachelorette. Oh, they would party. probably love a tune like that. And so I played it at their table, and they start playing with their boobs, and uh, they get very relaxed and comfortable, kind of showing off. You know, their breasts. No kidding. I play that. At
0: the restaurant in downtown Napa.
1: Yes. Yeah. To you. To me and to each other. Like, <laughs> yeah, it gives them a, a, an opportunity to be a kind of an uh, exhibitionist. You've stumbled
0: onto something.
1: And that's happened more. Yeah. Well, there is a guy on, on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> right. There is a guy on YouTube who uh, has a song that's much more crass. Yeah. It's more well, about. Don't even mention it then. Well, this is the uh uncensored. We don't want to we don't want to give him. Right, a. we won't we won't give him any. But uh he's in a full concert uh, with a full audience and women are literally taking off their shirts as he's singing mm. this song. Well, um,
0: you know, I'm sorry to say, you know, we're alone in this building and my shirt is staying on. Sorry. Oh, man. <laughs> Your magic doesn't work on me, Lustig. But that's a great tune. You have other things you want to play for us? Do you um you have some demos? You got uh a uh, tune you might be proud of. We can talk a little more about uh, whatever you want to talk about. Maybe recording your own stuff. Maybe that's what we're doing right now. We're putting together your best of recording.
1: Well, you know, uh, what What has really changed for me is uh, I have lowered my standard, which has been a wonderful thing for me. Uh, yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> well, because I always... Uh, I wanted to write the best things. I, I censored myself too much in my writing. Mm. Uh, so if it wasn't great... And what I realized is that it's not about writing great stuff. It's about just writing and not and just doing it. Again, you've heard this before about it's a muscle. So the more you use it, the stronger it gets and the mm-hmm. better. <clears throat> so I would just... if Whenever I have an idea, I do it. I just write the song, whether it's good or bad, as just part of that process of continuing to to be creative. And uh, I've come up with some really interesting s- songs that uh, because of that lowered standard, it's not really lowered standard, it's, it's, it's raising the standard as far as becoming a serious writer and writing a lot. And so I'll give you a sample of some things that I've done. Well, I, I can't that wait
0: that, after hearing wait about after the way you sold it by saying, I've lowered my standards, now here's a tune. Right.
1: <laughs> well, <clears throat> so here's one. Now, this is not something I think about. My, my crazy unwired or wired brain just ha- is constantly coming up with these crazy thoughts. And then I just have to decide whether I want to go with it or not. So I was walking down the street one day, and the song It's Impossible. Remember that old song? It's, um, it's impossible. It was like Perry Como or something. For a sun to read the sky, it's just... I don't know the word Yeah,
0: words. one of those kind of very soft-voiced crooners.
1: Right. Well, don't ask me why, but uh, the f- syllables that ca- came to my head was sigmoidoscopy. Instead <laughs> of... It's impossible. <laughs> sigmoidoscopy. It just fits perfectly. Oh, dear. Yeah. Is that what
0: you're getting ready to play now? I was going to play a little bit of it. You sure. have lowered your standards. I can't wait to hear it.
1: And so... Um, a sigmoidoscopy, for those that It's a real thing. Yeah. A lot of people... Would you were, like... Okay, you are going to describe it. Not know it. it's not a colonoscopy. It's a, a lesser invasive uh, procedure. Where is the scope stuck? The same place as a colonoscopy. That's what I thought. But it, it, uh, they don't give you any, anything. No anesthesia, no pain, not even alcohol. Like, <laughs> anything. Just, uh, just they, a little
0: goose and here we go. So
1: let's see if I can play a little of this. Sigmoidoscopy. Raise your hand if you've not had a sigmoidoscopy. My philosophy was it wouldn't hurt to have a sigmoidoscopy. Till I went to my appointment. And they only gave me ointment to make me slick. But they offered not a single analgesic can a person with a scope traversing through the large intestine. Now you have to imagine this with a full orchestra. Totally dead serious. Go on living. Ever hope to smile again. Now that's the question. And tomorrow. Should you tell me you're about to go and get it? I can promise you you will live to regret it. The answer is my friend. It's just impossible. Oh, there it goes. There's a tagline in this, but that's yeah. the that gives you the gist wow, of man. it. Man. And uh, I write songs that just make me laugh, and and that's I that's dig funny. the way your brain is wired. And it's a true unwired. story, by the
0: way. Oh, sorry, no tapping <laughs> on the table. Which is the, the a sigmoidoscopy is a true story. Or you had a sigmoidoscopy and I, were inspired. I
1: went in voluntarily for a sigmoidoscopy. Just to
0: get inspiration to write a song?
1: People said, uh, Gordon has a stick up his ass, and I, I wanted to go see oh. if that was true. And what was found? Nothing.
0: But inspiration for a tune. Inspiration
1: for a song. That's wonderful. Yep. You want to hear something else? I sure do. Uh, here's a, a recent one that I just wrote, and I'm actually still working on it.
0: Oh, okay, so this is sort of in demo mode.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: We're hearing it here first.
1: Um, And it's, uh, I I know the first part, again, I was just fiddling around on the ukulele, so this is just an instrumental, and uh, it goes like this.
0: What do you call that
1: one? I needed to come up with a name quick. I call it No School Today. Perfect.
0: It's, oh, I mean the way it's it skips and it's lively and joyous. I can picture a kid finding out there's no school today. Well
1: my it's, kid. Oh your kid. <laughs> but um some kids would be, you know, sad that there's no school. But most kids I think would be thrilled at the idea. Oh that's beautiful. Yeah, and I, 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 I really like this tune and what what I love about it is a couple things, is that it really takes advantage of that high G that you get on a regular strong high G, strong ukulele. Yeah. What do they call re-entrant tuning. They do. And uh, if you have the lower G, it d- you can't play this. It won't work. Mm. But it's... that. The other thing I like about this is it's all off-beats. It's all syncopated. One and two and... One and two and three and four and one and two and... Three. So those are all off you can Da, da, da. Very syncopated. Very fun to play. And I brought you, Judd, your own tab version of it. Oh wow! How so cool! You I'll too... sit down
0: and try to learn that. I love that tune. That was beautiful.
1: Thanks. Thanks. So Thank you, Gordon. So you heard that I'm working. I'm having trouble with that one section. But I, I'm, I'm going to tell you this, and may bore your listeners. But uh, this part it goes, and that's easy because I got the open string. But then when I go here, and what I was trying to do for a year, a year, I was going. to come down here so i might try going yeah you're really stretching your right. finger out there what i realized i just sat down the other night without thinking about it and i accidentally did something that uh i realized i could play it a different way so i could go so here and use that other high string mm.
0: well, look at that you just barred it right. and it's working out right. for you
1: yeah so I just have to practice it, practice it every, every, every day. Work and that then, muscle. And then I'll
0: have it, yeah. So those first couple tunes, you know, humorous. Yes. And so, you know, my brain cannot, you know, escape thinking of Dr. Demento. When ah. I hear novelty-ish, funny tunes like that. Um, and I know you've got a history, of as well as writing some very beautiful um, music, some some very serious music but you've got a huge portfolio of <laughs> novelty tunes as well. Have you ever submitted to the good doctor?
1: I did. Cuz
0: those I think would make him blush you have.
1: I actually did. Yeah. yeah. That that was that was a pretty thrilling experience. I grew up listening to Dr. Demento religiously every Sunday mm-hmm. uh, the Dr. Demento show and uh yeah, my, all my, my brothers and I, we would all listen to that and gather around. Uh-huh. And uh, gather around together and around the radio. And so, yeah, about 1980 something, I don't remember. I think it was around the same late 80s, uh, I had written a song called The Little Devil. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, I'm not sure which one is first. I'm trying to remember. And uh, I sent it to Dr. Demento on a cassette tape. Yeah. And. One day, one Saturday afternoon, I get a call. Hi, uh, is Gordon there? I said, "This is he." And he said, "This is uh, Doctor Demento. I'm just want to let you know I'm going to be uh, playing your song on uh, this date." And, you know, and I he you called know, you himself. He called wow. me himself, and I said, "You know, I won't be able to. I won't be around. I can't listen to it. Something like that." He said, "That's no problem. I'm, I'm going to send it to you on a record." And he sent me the entire show with my song on a record that I still have no kidding and what was really cool it, that was cool just that he calls himself right and then <laughs> but in the show it like followed shel silverstein or, uh-huh. you know uh that was shel silverstein singing uh Cynthia Sylvia Cynthia Stout, you know, would not take the garbage out, Mm -hmm. and now uh, here is Gordon Lustig from Van Nuys, California, singing "Little Devil," (laughs) and I have that those broadcasts. What a thrill! So that one, and then I wrote another song, which was a parody of of the boxer that he also played, and that was uh, the Simon and Garfunkel tune. Yeah, so that was um, called the Schnauzer. Okay. And the, the the attempt on that was. It wasn't to write anything that made any sense, but just to make it so that it sounded like the actual song, Mm -hmm. the words, but it wasn't. But it was all kind of related to a dog. Because when I was a kid, I thought the boxer was about a dog. I didn't really know it was about a boxer. Isn't it? (laughs) So so here's what I, I, I did something like. Um, I am just a canine, though my tail's often pulled. I have squandered my eight biscuits for a packet full of kibbles, which I vomited. <laughs> a flea's a pest. Still, a dog hears what he wants to hear and disregards the mess. Mm-hmm. And then, like the, the chorus went. Uh, lie down and then you have sounds of cats screaming lie 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 down lie 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 down you know when I left my bone in my family I was no more than a pup anyway you get the idea so it's just it was really like an exercise in making the words close to the original lyrics but being that's beautiful he played that as well he played that as well and he uh, called me again and said, yes, he was really a neat guy.
0: That's wonderful. I hear he still does a show. Yeah. It's, it's, you subscribe to it via the internet. He's not on air anymore, but that it has freed him up. He has one of the largest I've read uh, private record collections of you know anybody in the world. So now, not being on air, he doesn't have to worry about FCC and censorship, and he can play all of the songs that... You know, our novelty tunes, but are a little risque, and he can yeah. get away with it now. Yeah. Which sounds fun. I'm going to have to tune in. Gordon Lustig, you are a genius, a musical madman, a sensitive soul. Do you go nuts for donuts?
1: Uh, oh, do I go nuts for donuts? Sorry. Uh, wow. Uh,
0: this you know, is... It's this a, is, of course, you do.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, sure. Oh, I love don- <laughs> of donuts. Of course, she doesn't love donuts.
0: <laughs> so what we're gonna do right here? Yes. You're just taken by surprise, I think, by this
1: vast array and. Yeah, when I see sugar, I, I just lose all. So, of it. Yeah. like when I see big tits, the same yeah. thing kind of happens. It's a similar thing. When I see donuts and big tits. All the blood rushes from my head.
0: Right to your to your appetite appetite to enjoy a, a donut and wow I might have to edit this and post anyhow donuts are here a nice lovely array of donuts you see set before you in this beautiful pink box would you please um, select one this is the little psychological profile now we're going to see which donut you choose okay he's putting his guitar down don't want to get the frets sticky.
1: Okay, let me move the mic out of the way. There we go. Gosh. Okay. All right, so go ahead
0: and select one of those. I know you're, you're, you're really mulling it over. It's really a serious look, choice. I really look it over. Well, there's, uh, I mean,
1: there's no question. It's like, okay, it would be the, it, the it's an old-fashioned. It's the one underneath. Here. Oh, my goodness. It's not chocolate. No, no, fashioned. that's
0: maple. That's the maple, maple. old-fashioned. Oh. And that has been on a streak. I think more often than not, folks choose that one. So you're sitting here. It's a beautiful day in Napa Valley. You've got your musical instruments. You're at this point now nibbling on a maple old-fashioned donut. (laughs) And what, um, what are you inspired to play? What music? Normally I ask people, what would you drink? You know, a glass of wine or something. But, you know, you're so tied into music as your art form. What is that maple donut inspiring you to want to play, write, sing about?
1: Now, you mean? This or very moment. This very moment. Um, Gordon Lustig. It would be, uh, you mean to play, if I were to play a song now inspired by this maple yes. donut. Well, boy. Oh, swing. I don't know. Gosh. Uh, they're all good. I don't have a, a donut song or a song about a hole. Donut
0: holes. Oh, I was saying you're just saying one about that. So the, the maple donut has now befuddled your
1: senses. It has, which is why I've cut down on eating uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: donuts. donuts. In <laughs> that case, Gordon Lustig, it's now time to play everyone's favorite party game here on Judd's Napa Valley Show.
1: This is Mad Libs.
0: That's right, it's Mad Libs, and you know how to play this game, do you not? I'm going to ask you for some parts of speech, some grammar. You're going to fill in the blanks.
1: Okay. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. yeah. You know I, how it goes. I, I do love this game.
0: And by the way, the, the uh, Judd's Enormous Wine Show, which, mm-hmm. you know, you wrote the theme song for and we played it earlier, uh, there's an episode, I believe it's called Pirate Lost and Found, where Mad Libs features prominently. Pirate Mad Libs.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Anyhow, so. Um, I love little, that episode. A little tie-in. Yeah. Here we go. Okay, I'm ready. I need a year, any year. 1776. Oh, okay, man. Quick, got this down. You play Mad Libs all day. Oh yeah, I, you I, seem like the kind of play guy. Play this
1: a lot, my boys, my and my wife. We love this game. Oh, that's great. It is so. Fun. We laugh a lot when we play this.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, as do I. Yeah. It, it's it's fun on the road too. Yeah. As long as you're not the one right steering and trying to write down things. Right. Okay. A number. Any one, number.
1: One thousand one hundred and one. <laughs>
0: You were like, answered oh, that before I even asked yeah, you that. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you, I heard you say number. I mean, you know, and, and that's the funny number. Oh, uh,
0: that is yeah. it? Oh, that's funny. we going to be a laugh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, Wait till yeah. we get there. A plural noun. Ah,
1: okay, No, that's tough. Plural noun.
0: That means more than some one thing of
1: something. Right. Okay, how about uh, lovers?
0: Ooh. Lovers from a sensitive artist such as yourself. Feel free to response. edit. You know, no, 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 this I mean, is good. We're, we're going. Okay. This is the rules. What you say is what we get. Another plural noun.
1: Another plural noun yes. would be, uh, it can be multiple words if I want to be, it to be like. Yeah, as long as it's a plural noun. Okay. So like flight attendance.
0: <laughs> yeah, sure. It can be flight <laughs> attendance. Flight attendance. Okay. Flight attendance. Uh, an adjective. Ah.
1: You see, Mad Libs would not be Mad Libs without the adjective gassy.
0: Yeah, of course. You got to go there. Um, another adjective.
1: And uh, something I've been thinking about more lately is wrinkly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm not going to go there. And another adjective.
1: Another adjective. Uh, I keep thinking googly or something. But how googly. about cross-eyed? Oh,
0: cross-eyed. I oh, like googly-eyed. Okay. Or go- googly No, no, cross-eyed. Way. Cross-eyed. I like that. Okay. I mean, I guess. I haven't read this yet. And we're done. So now, Gordon Lustig, what we were about to do is I took a segment of your very own bio oh, okay. and we have just rewritten it via Mad Libs. Thank you very much. Are you ready? I am ready. Here we go. Gordon graduated from the Dick Grove School of Music. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we haven't gotten to the funny part yet, right? <laughs> <That's it>. I- <laughs> 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 oh, you rascal, you, Gordon. <laughs> okay, go Okay, I'm going to start again.
1: Okay, sorry.
0: <laughs> That's okay. Gordon graduated from the Dick Grove School of Music in 1776. <laughs> That's about true. And went on to compose music for 1,101 network television shows. Uh huh. Dude, you were working down there. He has also composed music for lovers, <laughs> flight <laughs> attendants, and has produced recordings for artists ranging from musical storytellers, uh, with gassy styles <laughs> yeah. to wrinkly orchestral ensembles and cross-eyed rhythm sections.
1: Oh, that is, yeah. I See, that would give my, my bio a little more possess, would <laughs>
0: <laughs> Your life in a nutshell. Gordon Lustig, thank you very much for being my guest here. Napa is truly a more musical place with you in it. If folks would like to learn how to play music and hear music and understand music, go to gordonlustig.com.
1: And my information should be right there, and yeah, and uh, I'd love to teach you how to hear music. Judd, this was so fun to be here. Thank you.
0: Good. It was a pleasure for me. I always love hanging out with you, and of course, your music can be heard on this very show. It's the opening theme song and our web series, Judd's Enormous Wine Show and Wine Booty. Gordon, thanks for everything, man. Thank you. All right.
1: Bye. Judd's Napa Valley Show.